Uh, this town is something special. Like, there's no place that I've felt more at home than actual, like, back in my hometown, like, when I was a kid, than Ketchikan. This is the Seasonals Podcast, a show where we talk to people living the seasonal lifestyle. We take an in-depth look at the decision points they've encountered along the way. Shepner, and we're about to do an episode of the Seasonals Podcast. What's up? So, Eric, we've known each other for how long? 17? 17 years. 17? I think so, yeah. That's right. So, it's weird having you call me Eric. I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) lie. Listen, Shep, here's the deal. (laughs) So, when you call me an asshole, it means more. Because you are uniquely uniquely qualified to really mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I've seen you grow up a lot. Yeah, from a little freshman in high school till now, big difference. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Hopefully, someone's good. Definitely a good thing. <laughs> so you have been doing seasonal work or living. Let's been you've been living the seasonal lifestyle for a little over a year now thanks to you (laughs) last year you started and you're up in Ketchikan this summer you were in Beaver Creek this winter working at uh, the Vale Ski Resort yep and last summer you worked for Adventure Carts in Ketchikan so you worked as a librarian at Ohio University before that yep tell me about because for there were many years where I was telling you, hey, this seasonal lifestyle is sweet. You should do it. And you always responded in a way that was like, I'm doing well. I'm happy where I am. Everything's going well. And so, and usually that's not the response I get. It's usually like, oh, I can't. Like, I want to complain about what I'm doing or blah, blah, blah. But... I'm just not going to. And you were like, no, everything's good. Like, I'm happy here. And you were. It was all, it looked from the outside looking in, everything was going really well. And you made a a great case, like, proving that to me because I will, like, eat away at you if I want you up here, you know? (laughs) And I've done it before. So tell me, because I'm interested myself, the, the point that you went from... I'm happy at the college to I've got to get out of here. Um, so I was working third shift. I was working from 9 p.m. till 5 in the morning. And I didn't even mean to start working in the library. Um, when I was a student at Ohio University, I was working there as a student just as a job on the side. And... When one of our male full-time staff went on paternity leave, the overnight position opened up, and I had been going to college for 
a long, long time at that point. And so I was running out of money. So one of the benefits of working full time for the university is you get full free tuition. So I saw that as a golden opportunity. Like I'll take, you know, work overnight, take classes during the day. Like my student loans won't go up anymore. I'll get free tuition. I just have to pay for the general fees. So I jumped on that opportunity, started working there. I've always been a night owl. I hate waking up in the morning. I'm like, this is fine. Like, I'll be able to work third shift. So once I actually finished my degree, I just kept doing that. And it's great benefits. I had full, you know, retirement. I had everything. I was, you know, didn't have to wake up in the morning. It was a cush situation. Yeah, yeah. And money benefits, tuition, the whole bag. I was basically playing video games on my iPad all night because it's like I'm a glorified babysitter. <laughs> like I was, it was super easy. I was like, everything seemed great. And then uh, my friends that I all had in that town all started graduating. And so they all started leaving and... I realized at some point that like I'd become way less social and like, cause it's hard to be social when you're working 9 PM and like till five in the morning and then sleeping all day. So, um, yeah, all my friends had left and I like was just starting to get really depressed. I was, uh, just like, I had a girlfriend at the time, but it was really hard on her because she, to be able to see me would have to stay up really late. And so that didn't end up working out. And so I realized like, and then, so what my, my first plan was like, Oh, I'll just apply for a bunch of, you know, jobs during the day at the library. Cause I still like working there. It's easy. Like I said, great situation, but the problem was I wasn't getting hired for any of those positions. Somebody would, we always had two overnight supervisors there uh, one would come in and then they get hired for one of the day shifts and I was still there. And then another one would get hired and then they moved up and I just kept getting passed by and passed by and I got frustrated. And so I just realized I got to get out of this situation. So I took your advice and I applied up here and worked last summer and it that's when, yeah, I had to get out because I realized how depressed I was. So just working overnight, having no friends in that town anymore. So so you went from <clears throat> overnight librarian, playing video games on your phone, glorified <laughs> babysitter, to adventure carts. And tell me about the sweet aspects of that job. <laughs> um, I mean... You get to drive ATVs every day. It's it's a pretty sweet job. Um, the it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I was way happier. Um, I was awake during the day. <laughs> I uh, was way more active. When that part of why I think I was also depressed is every night at the library, like I had this same same boring routine where. I would like, I was eating super bad. I wasn't exercising at all because I was sitting all day and then I'd go home and sleep. So I was, there was really nothing to eat at that hour other than like burritos and pizza and, you know, 
gross croissants and croissants and red bulls and like i i gained a bunch of weight and when i came here actually you helped me get on this low carb diet i was hiking i was way more active and i lost 40 pounds last summer um without how long did it take you to lose that 40 pounds three months nice i mean and it's stayed off. I just because I'm more active now, it's insane. I, I haven't really even like stayed on that low carb diet. I had a lot of cheat days. A lot of cheat days. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Burger Queen. Uh, and I didn't even count, you know, beers, carbs. I was <laughs> drinking a lot. But um, yeah, working at Adventure Cards was great because. Um, I think guiding is one of the best jobs you can start out with because especially like a place like this, I got to know the island. I got to know so much information about Ketchikan and Revillagigedo and just I know so much actually like even though I'm not guiding this summer, I went on a hike up Deer Mountain the other day and I met this guy who was just here for a week and I was able to like just tell him so much about this place and it was just really cool like I was just like I had so many talking points just about the trees and spruce tips and the skunk cabbage and just everything it was just a lot of fun I think knowing this place you know as a guide what was really helpful to start off with and it was a fun job I wasn't making a ton of money but it was definitely a great starting point to like have fun and have adventures on my first summer at Adventure Cards. And see how the tourism works here. Right. To have that baseline of understanding the workings of it. Yeah. And so last year you did the Adventure Cards. Well, I want to ask you this too. Was there a moment or was it kind of a gradual process that that weight you felt that made you make the jump like either you felt it leave you at some moment or was there ever a moment where you looked back and you're like, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I definitely, after I got hired, I already felt some relief. I felt, um, like a nervous, excited, like I was, you know, already starting on this adventure. I was, um, on a road trip with you and Jason on, on our way to Ketchikan. And I already felt like this weight starting to lift off of me and like me, like felt like I was changing, like this big change was happening. And like, I, at that time I was like, like I said, it was nervous, excited. So I was like, I don't know if this is like going to work out, but like in the long run, like part of what really helped was if this doesn't work out, it's one summer of my life and it's going to be fun probably regardless. Like, um, I'm going to see cool places and I'm going to do cool things. And then like, if this seasonal life isn't for me, then I'll, you know, go find a job again and, you know, settle down somewhere and not have to do this. But I mean, obviously it locked in it's incredible feeling. So, um, yeah, I, I would say, Every day, it just felt better and better. Um, But I definitely already even had that weight lifted off me just making the decision to get out. 
I remember on our road trip uh, before last summer, there were a few times where you were like, I'm emotional right now. Like, I feel so good about this. <laughs> yeah. And the, that was that was really cool. So that's the good side. Tell me about the decision process and then the result of last winter's experience. <laughs> so uh, I worked in Avon, Colorado at Beaver Creek. And um, I didn't plan enough at the end of last summer to you know, figure out what I really wanted to do. And I hadn't made a lot of money, like I said, at Adventure Cards. So I definitely needed to work during the winter. And I met somebody that was here in Ketchikan. And he swore by, you know, this awesome job, like working as a lift operator and... Uh, you get to ski every day and uh, all these. He made it sound like it was the greatest job on the planet. Um, but in reality, being a lift operator kind of sucks. <laughs> um, you don't get paid that much, just like at Adventure Cards. A lot of what like your benefits are is you get the Epic Pass. So you do get to ski uh, like for free, and but that you are we're underpaid. And... We wake up at 5.40 every morning, work 10-hour days. And at first, we had three-day weekends because that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be four tens. And then very quickly, I would say within a month, they moved us to five tens because they didn't hire enough people. And sure, we got overtime, but it was almost not worth it because... I was working so hard and it stressed me out and I was like exhausted all the time. I didn't even want to ski on the weekends because I was so, I just wanted to sleep. That's all I wanted to do. Um, but I mean, I, I hadn't skied or snowboarded at all before I went there. That's part of what like actually drew me in. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Cause we get free lessons and they're, they're great instructors and I did learn to ski, but I probably only skied about 10 times the entire time I was there all winter just because I was, um, I definitely made some mistakes. I definitely think if you're going to go, uh, you have to love skiing or just straight commit and buy gear because that was one of my biggest mistakes. I did not buy gear at the beginning, uh, so I was still renting, so I was like, at one point, I was like, because I didn't know anything about skiing, so I didn't know what kind of boots I should get or what anything. So I should have just bought gear, jumped in, and like went full force. But um, I definitely won't be a lift operator again, but um, it was definitely a learning experience. Um, I know now what, like, even though it wasn't, it's probably the worst job I've ever had. I'm still glad that I went out to Colorado and did it. And it made me love catch a can even more <laughs> for sure. Um, Cause I missed this place the entire time I was there. So, and <clears throat> you've told me before the people that do it, that are, if you're crazy about skiing or snowboarding, 
it it is a good situation to be in. Right. Because, I mean, a lot of the other lifties honestly kind of sucked. <laughs> like, but they didn't care. They were just there to ski and snowboard. They didn't care about the job. And I was there to, like, learn and, like, have fun. But, like, I, like skiing or snowboarding isn't my life and a lot of those lifties all they care about is having that epic pass they could they could probably work that job for free just to get that epic pass and work all this winter yeah that wasn't me so so and then from that being a lifty going through that that winter and deciding to come back and now this summer you're serving at annabelle's restaurant what uh what made you make that decision or those decisions well um i had a lot of fun at adventure cards and i considered doing it again um part of one of the reasons i didn't is i don't have a car now on the at the island so um actually i went on a five thousand mile road trip after last summer on my way back to ohio and uh, I went all the way down the West Coast, through the Redwood Forest, down through San Francisco, saw the Grand Canyon, went to Las Vegas, went down to Dallas. It was incredible. And um, I was driving back to Ohio, and as soon as I crossed over the Ohio border right into Cincinnati, my car died on the highway. So it was a 5,000-mile road trip, but only got me back to the edge of Ohio. So... Um, so yeah, I don't have a car currently. So, uh, that is part of the problem with adventure carts is it's about 30 minutes North of town here. So it's very hard to get, uh, out there every day if you don't have a car. So, and the other main reason was I really wanted to make more money this summer. Um, last summer was about adventure and having fun and learning. And this summer, I mean, I, obviously I get to do, all those things. I got to hike, I get to kayak, I get to fish, I get to do all the fun things, but I definitely want to leave the island with more money this summer so that I'm not as pressed to find like a crappy job, like working as a lifty. If I don't want to, I could travel or, you know, and to put it in reference. So at adventure cards where you were still making as much or more than you were as a, at the library, right? College, right? Yeah. yeah. So when you without say, the benefits, but yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, the actual money part of it. You, when you say it wasn't a lot, you're still making more than you were at the library. Yeah, I still left the island with three thousand dollars in cash. Yeah, but there's a lot more to be made seasonally than working a fun job like that, like serving, I'm going to make a lot more this summer. Yeah. And that's when I, when I started working seasonally, the thing that made it a comfortable decision for me was I was leaving a job that I hated going to a new job and the money was the same. Right. So that, that makes it easier. It's not, it's not like you're taking a pay cut or anything. Usually you're not taking a pay cut to do it. And I've, some people are like, wait, I can make more doing this? So, Oh, yeah. I'm going to make way more this summer. I've already, you know, we've been here. It's not even peak season yet, and I've made a lot of money. So, um, And I'm living in an incredible place with awesome people. 
this town is something special. Like there's no place that I've felt more at home than actual like back in my hometown, like when I was a kid, than Ketchikan. The people are so nice. It's an island, so uh, if you're you know an asshole, you're gonna get like everybody's gonna know you're an asshole. So um, so everybody treats everybody you know with just incredibly and I've made so many friends and um yeah it's it's just a great place so you you came from Ohio small town Marietta you were working at the library and now you're on a remote island in Alaska <laughs> give me give me one of the highlight stories so far from Ketchikan um last summer there's there's, I mean, there's so many. It's insane. Um, I definitely, one of them is hiking up Deer Mountain, which is the tallest mountain here in Ketchikan. I did it at 9 p.m., so it was like pitch black. A lot of probably poor decisions because I didn't have, a, we didn't have a headlamp. I did it with your cousin Carly. So, um, and so we continuously were clapping to just make sure that we weren't getting attacked by black bears the entire time. Um, but we were heading up there. You led my cousin Carly into danger is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> For the record. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we, it, so it took us like three hours to get up there, but it was super fun. And as soon as we got up to the top, we met up with, our friends, Tim and Nicole and his brother. And we just like, we're all going up there cause there's an A-frame, like nice little cabin up there. We we're going to stay the night. But as soon as we got to the top, the Northern lights were right there. It was incredible. It was just like, it just felt destined to like hike that night to just see the Northern lights for the first time. That was the first time I've ever seen them. So, um, what'd they look like? Well, from a colorblind person, <laughs> uh, I don't know exactly what color I, I, it's, but it's, it's like sh the streaks in the sky. It's, it's unreal. It's like, it doesn't seem like it's of this world. It's weird. Um, it's incredible to see in person, but, um, so streaks in the sky, streaks, swirly streaks in the sky <laughs> um when you saw them uh could you hear it i don't think so that night um i know there's other stronger nights but um of course we were all loud and happy and drinking a lot of jim beam so <laughs> smart <laughs> um but i'd say another story would be, you know, all the trips going on hikes, kayaking. There was an awesome day where we took skiffs up to Naha, which is on the north side of the island. And actually, speaking of colorblind, that's the uh, day that I got to wear in chromas for the first day. So I actually was able to see colors that day. Um, they're, sun they're colorblind sunglasses that our friend had. And uh, it was just... We jumped off cliffs and saw orcas, and it was just... Into the ocean. Into the ocean. For, for the record. <laughs> yes. Wearing wetsuits, 
perfectly we safe. We did see a bunch of orcas that day. It was like it was a giant pod of like eight of them, I think. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, and then somebody threw a beer from one of the <laughs> skiffs, and I caught it in a net and drank it on the other skiff. It was awesome. So, uh, what are some of the goals you have for this summer? Uh, like I said, I definitely want to make more money to leave the island. I want to uh, catch a salmon. I caught two halibut last summer, but I did not catch a salmon. We are in the salmon capital of the world, so um, I definitely want to do that. I So if any boat captains want to be part of that memory, <laughs> get it, chef. <laughs> I, uh, I definitely want to do the Traverse again. We did that last summer, which is a 14-mile hike from Deer Mountain to Silvis, so uh, it was incredible i probably couldn't even make it up deer mountain the very first time i barely made it up to the first overlook uh when we did it the first hike last summer and then i was able to do a 14 mile hike by the end of the summer so that was awesome um that's all part of the summer transformation that's right (laughs) i uh i definitely want to have a better plan for the winter this summer um i i don't care where that you know takes me but well what would that look like um if there's you don't have a place picked out or a job or you know anything like that but what would be what is what is drawing you is it traveling is it going back home is it setting down roots somewhere is it going somewhere else to make money is it inward spiritual journeys um is it peyote on Mount Vesuvius? <laughs> uh, I don't think that's my summer plan, but who knows? Um, I definitely want to travel. I uh, want to have enough money, like I said, to travel. I definitely want to spend some time uh, back home this winter a little bit. I, Considering I wasn't there for Christmas or anything for Colorado, since I was in Colorado, um, I'd like to have a little bit more time with you know, family a little bit this winter. Um, I definitely want to be involved with the seasonal a little bit more. Um, I love what you guys do. So um, anything that I can do to get that happening. (laughs) You can be our ginger correspondent. (laughs) People love the beard, so it's not that hard to get people. I actually, the other day at Annabelle's, had tourists take a picture of me. They didn't want me to take a picture of them. They wanted to take a picture of me because they were like, we just like you and your red beard and we want to remember you. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But <laughs> <laughs> but in, it's, uh, it's one of those things that when you're in the world of tourism, you kind of, you get that people... They want to remember like people that made their trip fun or stuff that happened. You're like, hey, you came up to Alaska. See those mountains over there? And you're taking a picture of me. Okay. <laughs> right. And they, they're taking more pictures of me. Okay. Well, <laughs> this just got awkward. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so for those prospective seasonals that are maybe in a situation that you were in at the library, uh, what are some fears that they might be feeling and what's, what's some advice about those fears that you can give them? Um, so I know 
it's definitely like a feeling of being trapped. Um, you're stuck in this job and you have bills and you like feel like you can't get out. Cause it's like, I was in Ohio. It's 3000 miles away to get to Alaska. That's crazy. Like, and housing and money and all those things. But if you really do a little, it doesn't take much research and it takes like half an hour to apply to a job on cool works just to, you know, put it out there. And then if you get hired, it's like, really, it's not that big a commitment, like financially or, you know, time wise, what's the worst case scenario? You come out to Alaska for the summer and you are going to at least see cool things, cool people, like experience something that's way out what, what you're, you know, you're used to. And if it doesn't work out and you don't feel like this is for you, then you've wasted one summer. But I feel like regardless, you're going to grow from the experience and you're probably going to like make just as much money as we were talking about earlier. So I feel like the risk versus reward is very, very like, you know, heavy on the reward side, considering I, it's just getting over that initial hump. It's, you know, making that first step, that first jump. And, you know, how much was your plane ticket up here? My plane ticket was $380. And how much did you make your last shift at work at Annabelle's? $290. All right. So you got to find a hundred bucks somewhere else, but it's <laughs> one day paid for. Right. I, yeah, I could get a plane ticket. I back tomorrow if I needed to, and I've only been here a month. So, um, it's crazy. I don't know. I, I think people just feel stuck and then just, if you are in this situation where you feel that you hate your job and you feel trapped, you can get out. It's not that hard. Just taking that first step. And if it doesn't work out, you know, if this seasonal life isn't for you, then you just wasted one summer. You don't even have to stay the full summer and you can go back and find a, you know, job and settle down somewhere and, just start that way. But I just feel like the benefits of like actually getting out are way higher than the risks. That's well put. Thanks. <laughs> well, thanks for talking to me for a while. I definitely, there's a lot in there that I didn't know. And it's, it's cool to listen to that, your stories and everything like that. So thanks buddy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's it. That's the episode. The seasonals are Kelly Mogg, Ryan Deininger, me, Joey Ravinsky. The theme song by Ryan Deininger, Joe Williams, Louis Leva, Chappie, Thomas Hamilton. Follow us on Instagram at the seasonals underscore. Like us on Facebook. Listen to our next episode. That's it. We're out.